I just, let's just wait before the Lord. And I'm just going to invite his presence to come in here. See if the Lord wants to speak to us. Avinu Machenu, our Father and our King, we just welcome you in here and we thank you that you're here. Lord, if there's a word, even a song for us today, Lord God, I pray that you would just release that in our midst. Thank you, Lord. Let's just wait on the Lord and just see what he has. Maybe there's a word. Maybe there's a, a testimony of God's faithfulness. Let's just wait on the Lord. Just like to uh, just give God glory because uh, you know I was we good, went through a thing of getting our carpet relayed and I was restricted. I was in house arrest, <laughs> yeah, to get it done. And I so missed uh, coming together and being together. And and frankly, I just was getting a little down, depressed, you know. And uh, I said, I just got to go to the house of the Lord and just pray, just worship the Lord. And when I did, the Lord really met me where I was at. And, uh, you know, I come up here and intercede. And then there was this seven-point elk right outside the door there. And then I said, oh, Lord, and I want to take a picture of him. You know, I said, oh, Lord, let him turn this way. And he just turned that way and looked at me. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> then he started bugling. And I said, oh, Lord. And then the Lord says, uh, and Psalms 92 said that he has exalted his horn. His horn be exalted. You know, and so the, the elk is a deer, but he says on, he's uh, taken us to a higher place. And went from being down to the Lord, bringing us into the greater glory with the shofar, with the sound of liberty. Amen. Liberty. Hallelujah. Freedom, liberty, in the presence of the Lord. But also it's a sound of alarm, too. You know, this season, uh, when you hear that, the shevarim, no, it's the teruah. The teruah is that sound of alarm. And that's also being sounded, too. How many have been praying for Israel, for the elections of Israel? How many know how the elections turned out. Nobody knows how the election turned out. It's like everybody's going, well, what happened? What happened? And just a real brief, just a, just a, um, basically there's a deadlock, pretty much of a deadlock between two political parties. And if you don't, if you know anything about Israeli politics, it's very complicated. And so just keep that nation in prayer. Um, the, the party that Bibi Netanyahu represents, the Likud party, I think it had 31 seats. And the other party, it's called the Blue and White Party. 
a little center left party had 32, which basically is a deadlock. It's, and so what happens is they try to form a government. And, and that's where all the yucky political stuff goes on. They promise each other this. And they agree to do this. And these are people who don't even like each other. And yet they agree that, you know, that I'll do, if you do this, I'll do this. And so there's a lot of horse trading going on. So be in prayer for righteousness. Be in prayer for righteousness in that nation as we are here in this nation too. So um, they're trying to form a government. That's hard to do. And if not, there may be a third election. They had an election in April. And then this election, and then there may be another election. So just keep Israel in prayer. Amen? Well, I want to speak today. We're going to start talking about the glory of God, the realms of glory. And uh, as we've been sharing for the last several weeks, this is a season of rending our hearts and gazing upward. And I love that we saying that today, and we're going to actually read it together, Psalm 24, about looking upward and, 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 and then opening the, the, so that the king of glory can come in. And it's so important. So we're transitioning from the anointing to the glory. You see, we've talked about the faith, growing in our faith, and we've talked about what the anointing is, the realms of the anointing, And it brings us to that place of just desiring his glory more than anything else. And we're going to be talking about that and kind of giving an introduction today. I don't know about you, but the glory is where I want to be. The glory is where he wants us to be. The glory and experiencing the glory, and there's a lot of confusion about what that is. We're going to talk about that today, is where he wants to bring us up to. And so that's where we're going to be talking today. So if you would turn to, to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 17. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a light to our feet, Lord. It's a lamp on our path, Lord. Thank you that you have written your Torah on our hearts. Father, I pray that our hearts would come alive as we shema, as we hear your word and respond, Lord, that we would say, Hineni, here am I. So, Father, just anoint your word, anoint me as I bring forth your word today. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Ruach Adonai is, the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. Holy Spirit is in here today. There's freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As we were talking about the anointing over the last weeks, the anointing enables us to swim in the river, that Ezekiel 47 river, that river that flows 
out of the east side of the temple and down the east side of the Mount of Olives into the Dead Sea. It, it flows and we're swimming in that river. The anointing is the enabling to accomplish. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, we're enabled to accomplish things. As I've said, it's the favor to go, the grace to do, the power to be, and the strength to continue. How many need that anointing, that grace to continue today? How many just feel like you've been beat up? Maybe not physically, maybe bit physically, but you've been just beat up spiritually. Father, in the name of Yeshua, Father, I pray that there would be a restoration in our souls. Lord, for those of us who've been just kind of beat up a little bit, restoration in our souls. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for that anointing. An anointing is our surrendering to and cooperating with the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes on us. We engage with him and that the anointing is there. The glory is different. If we're the anointing enables us to swim in the river, the glory disables us. I'm going to explain that a little bit more, but I think a lot of us just need to be disabled. Not disabled in a bad way, but disabled in the presence of the Lord. There's a picture of that in the scriptures. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. And it's interesting because as we read this passage, little context is Solomon is getting ready to dedicate the temple in Jerusalem. It's also the season of Sukkot, which is just around the corner. So it's a festive time. And so there's this, this all of these activities, and they're moving all of the things from the, the tent, which was a temporary place of the, the, um, the ark and the dwelling of God, and now they're moving it into the beautiful temple. And there's this procession and all of these things happening. So that's the, con the context of where we're reading today, starting in verse 13. It says, then it came to pass that when the trumpeters and singers joined as one, and that's really important, the trumpeters and the singers, the worshipers and the people that were ministering to the Lord joined as one. There was a unity there. To extol and praise Adonai. Their focus was on the Lord, not on their own selves, but their focus was on the Lord. To extol and praise Adonai. And when the sound of the trumpets, the cymbals, the musical instruments, and the praises of Adonai, and this is what they were praising, for he is good, for his mercies endure forever. For he is good, his mercies endure forever. For he is good, and his mercies endure forever. And they grew louder and louder and louder in the temple. The house of Adonai was filled with a cloud. And the Kohanim, the priest, could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of Adonai filled the house of God. That's what I'm talking about. The enabling is the anointing. But here is when we're totally disabled. Because the glory of God has come in such a powerful way where the ministers, and when a preacher can't preach, a minister can't minister, man, that is God's glory. That is a miracle. They could do nothing but just fall on their faces and worship the Lord and say, 
extol the glory. He is good. God's mercy endures forever. I don't know about you, but that's where I want us to go. I believe we can experience more of his glory. Glory to glory to glory. The difference is between between the anointing and the glory. It's like the difference between swimming, which I love to swim, but swimming, you have to engage your own strength or you sink. You engage your strength and then you move in the water. Experiencing the glory is like surfing. Any surfers here? I wish they all could be California. I grew up in California. I tried surfing one time. Millie, you surfed. Once you learn how to surf, now I've heard this, man. I gave up. But once you learn how to surf, it's just like the waves take you. The waves are moving you along. Isn't that you, Jeff, you said you're, you're a surfer? Way back in the day, yeah. But it's, it's, there's a difference between the swimming. You know, when a surfer has to swim out there to catch the wave, and then when that wave, that perfect wave comes, then there's this just like... They're just flowing in that. It looks easy. It's probably not, but that's the difference. But God wants us to enter in this place, enter in this place where we're expecting the glory to come. And as we're coming into this season, and I really, I have an expectation God is going to visit us in ways that he's never visited us before, individually, personally, but also corporately, and also in this nation, and also in Israel. You know, I just, God builds in these seasons, the, these, the calendar times. It's, on, it's his kingdom calendar. It's not just by coincidence. Oh, it's that time of the year. What a coincidence these things are happening. We're in this season of Elul, of 40 days, and we're right smack dab in the middle of the 40 days from the first of Elul leading up to Yom Kippur. In Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 10, so for the one who has entered God's rest, and that's the thing about the glory, it's the place of God's rest. For, those, for the one who has entered God's rest has also ceased from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest, so that the one may fall so that no one may fall through the same pattern of disobedience. This is, this is interesting. It's almost ironic. Strive to enter a rest. Kent, how do we do that? That's basically what he was saying. He said, make every effort to, to enter the rest. Well, I think we got some clues to that today. Is Lord, I'm opening my heart. Search my heart. Lord, I choose to get rid of these things. I choose to crucify my flesh. That's making our effort. That's doing what we need to do so that we can enter in that place of rest. So that we can enter into that place of rest. And that's where we experience that glory. Strive to enter the rest. It's almost ironic, but that's what it is. How do we do that? What is... What's entering that rest about? It's about trusting in who God is. And that may seem trite, cliche-ish, almost. 
but it's a place of absolute total trust in the character of God and the nature of God, his ability to carry us along. It's a place where the spirit carries us and along into the things of God and the flesh can't take us to those places any longer. So I want to talk today about the realms of glory. We're just, just going to be just kind of an overview. The thing about the glory, it's not limited by time or space or whatever your circumstance may be. The glory, it's a visitation of the heavenly realm. It's wherever you're at today. Heaven coming into that place. Changing everything. That's what the glory is. Faith says, God is present. God is here. We've been learning about faith. and We all have a little bit of faith. And we've experienced great faith at times. And we've seen biblical examples of great faith. And then there's that perfect faith. The faith that Yeshua walked in. There's that realm of faith. Then there's the anointing. And the anointing says God rewards by using me to accomplish his purposes. That's what the anointing is all about. God says, I'm going to use you to accomplish my purposes. The glory, step further. The glory says, I am. The glory is where God says, I am. Whatever your need is, God says, I am. Whatever your situation is, whatever the impossibility is in your situation, the glory in God's presence says, I am. He's able to meet us wherever we are at. The glory is eternal. It's not limited by my mind, my finite mind, or my own abilities. The glory flows into my body and my soul, which is my mind and my will and my emotions and into my deepest part of who I am, the spirit. It flows into me with every good and perfect gift that comes from above. It's in James. There's no limitation. It doesn't run out. When God's glory comes in a place, he, does, he isn't left with less glory. He can't. He's, he just never runs out. He never runs out. He never runs out. There's no limitation to his glory. So what is this thing called the glory? The glory is in Hebrew. It's, we use the term kavod, which has a couple of meanings. It means weight or heaviness. And that's what those ministers, those kohanim must have felt and they dedicated the temple is that the heaviness, the, just that heavy weight of God just came upon them or they couldn't even stand any longer. I've been there before a few times. I want more. I want more of that. I don't know about you, but I want more of that. Where you're disabled. So technically defined, it's the weight, it's the heaviness. God is the glory, and the glory is God. 
It's hard to express with words alone. See, when we talk about the glory, I can give you all the definitions, Greek, Hebrew, of what the glory is, but it's hard to express in words. Just like so many spiritual things, you can't really express, you, you can use words. You find this as a teacher. You can, oh man, I just, you know it here, but it's so hard to express and to, to explain and to communicate. You can't do it with words alone. It's his manifest presence. That's what the glory is. Radiant beauty, dwelling, settling, divine presence of God. That's the Shekinah, Shekinah. More? But that's what it is. It's his presence. It's his character, and, and there's a lot of confusion between the character of God and the nature of God. Let me try to ex- God's character is love, faithfulness, merciful, just. He's long-suffering. That's his character. That's the character of God, and that's who we are to become, because we're to become like him. So we're to grow in those areas of love and faithfulness and justice and and long-suffering, ooh, that's a tough one. Patience with people, patience with drivers on the road. Let me just, you know, as a little aside, I'm driving over here this morning, running late, and I'm coming down Wadsworth, and it's like every light turns red. <laughs> and I'm getting frustrated. I know it's hard to think. My pastor gets frustrated. And, and Millie says, it's okay. And she's praying for me. For, and I'm like, Rrr. and then this senior gentleman in this big Cadillac gets in front of me. And the tur- light turns green. And I'm like, and he hesitated. Must have been a second and a half, Larry. That's it, a second and a half. But it was the longest second and a half. You know what I'm talking about, right? We see, this is it. The Lord's showing me I need to grow in that area of my character, the long-suffering. That's his character. This is who God is that we are to become. His nature, his nature is different. His nature is who he is that we can never be, but we need to put our trust in. What is his nature? His nature is he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. I'm not. You're not. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time present. He's omnipotent. There's no limit to his power. That's his nature. You see, as we grow in the character of God, we learn to trust his nature that we can never be, but we put our trust in him because he is more than able. That's when we begin to experience the glory of God. It's his abilities it's his provision. It's his weight, and it's, it's the splendor of his majesty, what Millie just read. It's the essence of his beauty. It's a tangible presence. Sometimes the glory manifests itself, and I've, I've seen it. I don't pray for these things, but I've heard of it happening, and I've seen it myself. Maybe the gold, gold appears. Has anybody ever seen that happen? Two, three? Gold appears, and you know, there's gold dust, and 
I've seen the glory in a, in a way that just blew me away. I was in Argentina, and the glory just fell on a, on a meeting. This was years ago. And there was just incredible, miraculous healings. And people were getting their teeth filled supernaturally. That was the glory of God. I can't, I can't explain it to you, although I know it was verified. They were verified. There was teeth being filled. That's the glory of God. There's no explanation. It was just the presence of God came down. And it was verified. Doctors were there, dentists were there, and it was like, it was it was filled by this 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 material that is unlike anything else that they use for filling teeth. Sometimes God will show us those things. It's the essence of his beauty. It goes beyond our theological limitations and our doctrinal limitations. We need to have a theology about God based on the scriptures. Absolutely. And we grow in our theology. We need to have doctrines, doctrines that, are, that help us in our walk. But the presence, the glory of God goes beyond all of that. It's experiencing the actual person of God in our midst in our present circumstance, and in our finite mortality. He wants us to know him in the fullness of his glory. And you know, the scriptures talk about that all over the place. You read the Psalms. David experienced the glory of God. And so many of his Psalms express that. And and just one in Psalm 138, verses 4 and 5, it says, All the kings of the earth will praise you, Adonai, when they hear your mouth speech, I just, that just jumped out at me. People, the nations, the kings of the nations, will, they're going to be blown away when they hear your mouth speech, God. And then it goes, so they will sing of the ways of Adonai, for great is the glory of Adonai. In Acts chapter 7, verse 2, Stephen Stephen declared before those who were just getting ready to stone him, he says, Brothers and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. You know how Abraham is the father of our faith because the glory of God visited him. There was a visitation, several visitations actually with Abraham. And I love this picture of the glory when we see in Isaiah chapter 6. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each had six wings. With two he covered his faith, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One called out to another and said, Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tsevaot, the Lord God of angel armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Then the post of the door trembled at the voice of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. The glory of the Lord came into that place. When his presence shows up, everything not glorious must go. What is not glorious? Well, actually, Kent did a teaching on some of that today. Just Jealousies, that's not glorious. Competitiveness, bitternesses, unforgiveness, pettiness, comparisons, 
how to, these are the things that when, when the glory shows up, they got to go. And how do I know when the glory's not there? It's when those things are present. The jealousies, the bitternesses, the competitiveness, the comparisons, all of that stuff. That's why he sets the seasons the way he does. Children, open your hearts. Get rid of this stuff. Get rid of the chametz. Get rid of the leaven so I can fill you with more of me. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And just like in Isaiah, he says it fills, it fills the temple. His glory fills the temple and all the sickness and all the poverty, it can't stay. You see, Isaiah, he's in the temple. The glory came, filled the temple. And he had this revelation. He said, whoa. As a matter of fact, in my version, it says, oi. Seriously, it does. He says, oi. He realized he was a man of filth. He had a filthy mouth. I know what that's like. I was a sailor. You didn't have that filthy mouth? Oh, come on. <laughs> but he realized he had a filthy mouth. But he also lived among people who had filthy mouths. You see, the glory came and he realized, oh, man, this is not right. And then he cried out and cried out to God and, and God touched his lips and cleaned him up. But he wasn't finished. See, when the glory is there, there's increase, there's abundance, there's healing, there's life, there's wholeness and there's deliverance. And when the glory appeared to Isaiah, he received that wholeness and cleansing and he was able to re reply, Hineni. And God sent him with the message to proclaim to Israel. You see, when the glory comes, discord and disunity have to go. See, that's part of what God is doing today in his body. He's exposing things to get rid of disunity and discord because he wants to make his bride spotless and clean so that we can be used in his hands. That's why all these crazy things are going on. There's a refining happening and the heat is about to get turned up higher. Hey, man, got good news for you. The heat is going to be turned up higher. Isn't that right, Joyce? But there's a purpose for that. To clean, you know, what is that heat? It burns out the dross of the silver to make it pure, purified, purified. That's what God is doing. He wants to release his glory. And so all that discord and all that disunity, that's why Millie and mine, our hearts and our passions as others is, is to bring unity in the body of Messiah. In unity in the, in the messianic body, but it's got to be the unity in the church. Ecclesia, the whole body. We're one. There's one church. There's not, well, there's this church over there, there's that church, and I'm not part of that church at all. And I ain't going to even talk to the, oh, man, when I first got saved and we were in a church that was going through a split. And I remember hearing testimonies of people walking down the street. They see somebody from Country Community Chapel over there walking on the same side of the street they were. They would cross the street so they wouldn't have to talk to them. It's crazy. I'm wanting more of his glory. When we want more of his glory, it has to be the 
the, the central unifying desire of our congregations and our denominations is his glory. His glory, his presence, his, his character, his nature, his abilities, all of that. You see, the temple of, that God is interested in today is us. We are the temple he's interested in today. The Spirit's invitation, Revelation 22 says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. There's an invitation. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Open your spiritual ears, your hearts to receive from him. He's God speaks more than we're willing to hear. He's speaking to us all the time. The question is not, is God speaking? The question is, am I hearing what he's saying? So it's an invitation in these days, in these Moedim that are coming up, in this special time of the year, to open our spiritual ears and our hearts to receive from the Lord. That's why I've encouraged you, if the Lord would lead you into a fast or just to, to set aside extra time where you're in his presence and you're saying, God, here I am. Deal with these issues. And when they come up, and this is, he's been bringing stuff up in us. And um, <clears throat> I need some water. He's been bringing stuff up. And, and you know, when he first, huh? okay, when he brings these things up at first, my initial reaction, well, that's not me, it's them. It's that person. What are you laughing at? Are you talking? I thought it was just me. <laughs> and he says, no, it's you. It's you. Cause he, but, it, but he doesn't do that just to hurt us and to, to make us feel bad, but to deal with it. Because his Holy Spirit, his Ruach HaKodesh is able to do it. He wants us to be like Daniel and John the Revelator. He's bringing us up to a higher place. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, it says, So I set my face. This is what Daniel's saying. This was his heart. And he's in an ungodly place. He's in Babylon. Things are, things are crazy there. And yet he knows the power of God. He knows the glory of God. So he says, I set my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And turn to, to Revelation chapter 1. And I'm going to read this, this chapter. You can read along with me. Verse 1. Or you can just close your eyes and listen to these words as I read them. The revelation of Yeshua the Messiah, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Yeshua the Messiah, to everything he saw. How fortunate is the one who reads the words of this prophecy and those who hear and keep what has been written in it, for the time is near. John, to Messiah's seven communities in Asia, 
grace to you and shalom from him who is and who was and who is to come, as well as from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Messiah Yeshua, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, Kohanim, to his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever. Amen. Look, he's coming with the clouds. And every eye shall see him, and even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth shall mourn because of him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says Adonai Elohim, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker, with you in the tribulation and kingdom and patient endurance that are in Yeshua was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Yeshua. I was in the Ruach on the day of the Lord, and I heard behind me a loud voice like that of a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a scroll and send it to Messiah's seven communities, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Theatra and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden menorot. In the midst of the menorot, I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe down to his feet with a gold belt wrapped around his chest. His head and his hair were like wool, white like wool, like the snow, white like snow, and his eyes like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came forth a sharp, two-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining at full length. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. But he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. We're called to come to a higher place. John was in a prison, basically, on this stinky old island in the middle of the Adriatic Sea because of his testimony. And he had this vision. He saw God's glory. Wow. He experienced the glory of God. And God's not a respecter of persons. We can experience that glory. As we are obey, obedient and we're reigning with him, we choose to crucify our flesh. The constraints of the flesh, they fall away. And that's when the glory comes and imparts itself upon us. In this realm, we're going to hear things and we're going to see things that may offend our natural minds. Have you ever seen something happen and you go, no way, no way, that can't be. I've seen those things. And then you try, you know, because it's our natural thing. And I'm not saying everything that happens is from the Lord. We need to test the spirits. I am saying that. 
But there are some things that your natural mind goes, no way. That offends my thinking. I have never, that's thinking out of the box. But you know what? I think Daniel, in his visions, and John the Revelator, they saw things that at first offended their minds. God is getting ready to offend our minds. Sometimes our minds need to be offended in order to receive and to walk and to listen and to hear the Spirit speaking to us. Amen? Worship team, why don't you come on up? I'm getting ready to close here. The glory has an identity. The glory has an identity. The glory has an identity. The anointing defines the power of God, and we've talked about that. The glory defines the person of God, the very person of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I love Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus, which is interesting because John, years later, is writing to the church of Ephesus. Was it Ephesus that departed from its first love? Is that it? Was it Ephesus? Yeah. Just take my word for it, okay? <laughs> then check it out in the real word. <laughs> but it, it's, it's years later, maybe 30 years later, after Paul writes to Ephesus and then John was... But anyways, this is what Paul's prayer... Part of what he's saying to the, Ephesus, to the Ephesians is that the God of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, our glorious Father, may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation in knowing him. The God of the glorious Father give you wisdom in knowing him. In Psalm 24, verse 7, and we're going to read this entire chapter, this whole Psalm in a few minutes. We sang that this morning. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. Hallelujah. This is a, this is a psalm that is read at this time of the year, especially for Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. And I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. This son, talking about Yeshua, is the radiance of his glory in the imprint of his being. You want to know what the glory of God looks like? It looks like Yeshua. Upholding all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Everything about God is glorious. As we open our lives, we create an entrance for the procession of heaven to come in. The king of glory comes in. So it requires our opening up our lives. You know... We have a lot of good teaching in our heads. We do. I mean, you go to a bookstore, you go on Amazon to the latest, greatest books, and there's a million books out there. 
And they're good books. They're great books. We can learn from them. I, I read books and, and things like we learn from those things. But God wants us to trust him. He wants us to put our trust in him. Not in that author, that pastor, that apostle, that prophet. They're all good. They're all they're for a purpose, for the building of the body, so that we all come into an understanding of who God is, but it's about entering and having the King of Glory come in, having the blessings of God, the procession of heaven coming in coming into our lives. It means also getting rid of the stuff that hinders that in our lives. This is a personal time of introspection. But pretty soon the introspection time is going to end. It's going to end. It's going to come to an end. You know, those books are going to be closed one day. It means getting rid of the stuff that hinders so that we can make room for the king of glory. He wants to come in. So get rid of the stuff that hinders. The more we give ourselves to this realm, the more you will think and move in the glory of God. Amen? Amen. I want us to do something. Would you all stand together? And would you turn in your Bibles? Or if you want to, you can put this up on the... Turn to um, Psalm 24. We're going to read this all together. Because I love this psalm. It's only, I think, 10 verses. And whatever version of the Bible you have, I just want us to read it out loud. It may sound a little bit weird because we're all reading different versions. Psalm 24, a psalm of David. Ready to start? One, two, three. The earth is Adonai's and all that fills it, the world and those dwelling on it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may go up on the mountain of Adonai? Who may stand in his holy place, one with clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul up in vain, nor sworn, sworn deceitfully? He will receive a blessing from Adonai, righteousness from God, his salvation. Such is the generation seeking him, seeking your face, even Jacob. Selah, stop. Selah means pause. Think about what you just read. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? Adonai, strong and mighty. Adonai, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? Adonai Tsevaot. He is the king of glory. Amen. Give him praise. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Father, we just welcome you into our hearts. Hallelujah. Lord, we say, king of glory, come into our lives. Come into our families. Come into our congregations. Lord, visit our cities Visit this nation again, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. 
Millie, you have something to read? So uh, this week we started a Bible study and the, one of the main points of the Bible study is to study his majesty, but this week was to focus on returning to our first love. And during this time of Elul, in opening our hearts and letting the king walk in our hearts, um, the Lord is really focusing on the refining and showing as pastors, you can get really uh, pulled with different things. And this, uh, this story came through my email box that I would like to read because it really touched my heart. I sent it to Mary. And it's about refining silver. And when the king enters your heart, a refining is happening. And I think it will really bless your heart. We can talk about God and majesty and heaven and all that, but this will bring it down to the personal, into your, into your soul. There was once a group of women studying the book of Malachi in the Old Testament. As they were studying chapter 3, they came across verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. This verse puzzled the women, and they wondered what this statement meant about the character and nature of God, which Stu was talking about. One of the women offered to find out about the process of refining silver and get back to the group at the next Bible study. That week, this woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as to burn away all the impurities. The woman thought about, holding, about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought again about the verse that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered yes and explained that he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be damaged. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's easy, when I see my image in it.
If today you are feeling the heat of this world's fire, just remember that God the Father and his Son, uh, Yeshua the Messiah, are refining you. You are predestined to be conformed to the image of Messiah. Lord, thank you for refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be like you. He wants us to look like him. Amen? To grow in his character. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Lord. And as we close with this beautiful song written by, by William, and I just want you to, Lord, speak to our hearts. As we just close our eyes, and let's just listen to this and receive from the Lord. And God, our heart's desire is more of you and to become more like you. So, Lord, just, Lord, we, we say to our hearts, Shema. Say to our ears, Shema. Hear what the Lord says. I heard the phrase uh, during this realms of glory was visitation of the heavenly realm changes. A visitation from the heavenly realm changes everything. And uh, I wrote this song in 1920. No, I wrote it quite a while ago. And it, I think that's what it describes. It just describes a simple change. It's not eloquent. It's just what we need. I have people in my life... Uh, in my family. They need a visitation from the heavenly realm to change. I'm not going to do it for them.
was alone, full of sin. I wouldn't give up and I wouldn't give in. And I roamed from town to town, looking for love to be found. Got to the point where I couldn't cry. The devil said to me, why try, just die? Jesus is faithful and true. to the point where I can try. The Lord gives us strength to fly. today, if there is somebody here who's never had that encounter 
with the only one who is so faithful and so true. His name is Yeshua. So I just, I just close your eyes. I know this is, you're smelling food, who cares? Lord, if there's anybody here who needs that relationship, you've just been in the pits, and you know that God has brought you here for such a time as this. If that's you, just, just lift up your hand, and I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that, but I just don't want anybody to leave here today without knowing the one who is faithful, the one who is faithful and true. Today is a day of new beginnings. If there's anybody here, hallelujah. If there's anybody here who that relationship has grown a little stale, you've lost that first love, just slip up your hand. Father, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, the one who is faithful and true. Lord, I pray for that perfect love that casts out all fear would come upon us, Lord, today. Lord, that perfect love that drives away the fear, the accusations, the pain, the hurts, in the name of Yeshua, receive that love, that perfect love. perfect gift comes from above. The Father of lights. The Father just wants to say, you're my precious one. I know what you've been through. I've watched you. I've grieved. My heart's ached. And I will restore. I will heal the desires that you've had since you were a little one. He will be the Father says, I will bring those to pass. The Father says, I will restore. He saved every tear that we have, that's fallen from our eyes, He keeps. There's a scripture somewhere about that. He holds on to those things. He cares about us. He wants to walk with us. So Father, I thank you for a renewal today in our lives. Hashem Yeshua Hashem. Amen and amen and amen. If we could all stand and speak a blessing. And as I speak this blessing, I know we love to sing this, but I just want to speak it out. You receive this blessing. You receive this blessing from the Lord. God spoke to Aaron and God spoke to Moses to speak to Aaron and the priests that when the people of Israel were to gather, you were to bless them in this way. And so that when they would bless the people, it was God placing his name, his very name upon them. I want to do that today as I speak this blessing over you. Yevrechucha Adonai Vishmarecha 
Yair Haronai Pana Elecha Vihunecha Yisro Adonai Pana Velecha Veyasem Lecha Shalom Yisro The Lord would bless you and keep you. The Lord would make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his blessings, his peace, his mercies, his grace, his glory would be upon you. His presence, his personhood would be upon you. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen, amen, amen.